Welcome to the Travel Therapy Mentor Podcast, your number one source for travel therapy information and education. Hosted by travel physical therapist duo, Whitney and Jared. We've been travelers since 2015 and have hacked our travel therapy careers to achieve financial independence and semi-retire in our 30s. We now travel all over the world with our financial and time freedom. If you're ready to use travel therapy to achieve your own financial freedom, join us each month on Facebook Live to learn about a new travel therapy topic or listen to the replay right here on our podcast. If you're new to travel therapy and are ready to get started, contact us to get connected with travel therapy recruiters and companies we recommend by visiting TravelTherapyMentor.com slash recruiters. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com slash recruiters. If you're ready to remove the guesswork and jumpstart your travel therapy career, let us teach you step-by-step everything you need to know to get started and be financially successful as a travel therapist by enrolling in our comprehensive travel therapy course titled Becoming a Financially Successful Travel Therapist. You can visit TravelTherapyMentor.com slash course and use the discount code TRAVEL to save $150 on our course. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com slash course, and the discount code is TRAVEL. And if you're looking for the best way to get your CUs online, as a traveler who's always on the go, you can use our discount code to get the best rate on an annual MedBridge subscription, which is where we get all of our online CEUs. Use code TTM for the discount at MedBridge.com. Again, that's code TTM at MedBridge.com. And last, if you're interested in getting started with credit card hacking to take advantage of free or low-cost travel like we do, check out our top credit card recommendations for travelers at TravelTherapyMentor.com credit. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com credit. All right, and now on to this week's episode. Hey, everyone. Hi, guys. Welcome to another Travel Therapy Mentor video. Tonight we're talking about a little bit of a different topic. Um, you know, normally we're talking about things very, I would say, like practical, um, ins and outs of travel, things like that. Tonight we're going to talk about um, mental health, travel therapy, um, issues with you know depression while traveling, loneliness, that kind of stuff. It's something that we've had a few travelers reach out and ask if we would talk about. I, to be honest, I was pretty hesitant to do that because we're not professionals by any means and. Um, you know, I feel like there's better resources for that. But uh, last week, um, I lost one of my close friends who struggled a long time with depression. And so I felt like maybe it is a good thing for us to at least talk about so that other people know, uh, you know, that other people also struggle with it. I think one of the big things about depression and being lonely is people have this feeling that they're the only ones, like no one else feels that way. And if everyone feels that way, you know, and no one says it, then sometimes it can cause a lot of bad things to happen. So. Whitney's going to introduce us, and I'm going to get this video shared in a couple groups. All right. Hey, everyone. For those that may not know us, <clears throat> we're Whitney and Jared Casaza, and we're both traveling physical therapists. We've been travel PTs for over eight years now. We started Travel Therapy Mentor back in 2018, so a little more than five years ago now, to be able to mentor and educate fellow travel therapists. Um, we try to do these videos every couple weeks. Um, like Jared said, we usually are talking about lots of different travel therapy topics in regards to you know, how do you get started as a travel therapist, all the different ins and outs. So tonight's topic is a little bit different, but um, yeah, we just felt like it was a pertinent time to talk about it and it relates to really everyone. Um, I did a little bit of research before the video and um, according to the CDC, they say that one in five people live with mental illness. And that's, you know, who knows how they're defining that mental illness, right? Because I would say probably everybody at some point in their life goes through some kind of struggle, some, some type of difficulty, um, feeling sad, feeling depressed, feelings of anxiety, those kinds of things. So uh, I definitely think it's a pertinent topic. Actually, our friend Nick, who just logged onto the video, a fellow travel therapist, had reached out to us several weeks ago to, to say that he recommended that we do a talk on this because he himself had gone through some mental health um, struggles, um, had dealt with depression in the past. And then as Jared mentioned, it really hit home for us this past week when unfortunately one of our friends unexpectedly died who had struggled with depression um, and also addiction. So um, being that it's the holidays, I know this is kind of a bummer of a topic, but I feel like we're usually very positive and really upbeat and the holidays are supposed to be this amazing happy time but with this happening so close to us um, around the holidays it really just brought to light that the holidays aren't always a very positive time for a lot of people it can bring up a lot of negative things for a lot of people if they don't have a good relationship with their family so forth um, or if they're feeling lonely so we do think it's an important topic to talk about so i hope that you guys will 
um, gain something from it, uh, feel free to leave a comment if you're watching live or if you're watching later and just say hi. Let us know that you're there, that you're watching. Um, if you would like to share, if you've had any experience with anything like this, feel free to leave that in the comments or, or not. Just happy to have you here, happy to have you guys listening. I see that a few of you guys have logged on. Also, sorry, this was kind of just spur of the moment. It's a Wednesday. We, we would have done this video on a video, our typical videos on like a Sunday usually. Um, unfortunately, we were actually attending the funeral of our friend on Sunday and it's just, it's been a lot. So um, yeah, so thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Nick. Nick said, sorry for your loss. We appreciate it, Nick, and we're glad you're here. And Nick, thank you for sharing some of your story with us. Um, I know we had private messaged back and forth about some of your experiences, so. Yeah, and another <clears throat> reason I think it's it's a good, good for us to talk about this is because I think a lot of people, um, especially Instagram, Facebook, they see the life that we live and they think that we probably have like, you know, everything figured out, life's perfect, and they wanna be in the position we are. We get messages like that all the time. Like, how can I do exactly what you did? How can I be in your position? And yeah, I mean, by all measures, we're doing very well, things are good, but that does not mean by any means that uh, we don't struggle with, you know, depression issues ourselves, uh, especially me. And I've written about this in the past, um, but it's, it's kind of ironic because I talk a lot about financial independence and, you know, retiring early and those kind of things. And in some ways, for me, I think that was a really bad thing. And that sounds kind of crazy, but um, it's weird to be a type of person that is very driven towards goals and then reaching those goals um, because it's like it almost left a, an emptiness. And uh, I struggled with that a lot, like really during the pandemic in the beginning of it. Um, thinking like, okay, well, I, I did what I wanted to do, now what? And, um, you know, some people also run into those situations and other aspects of their life. Like, you reach this destination that you're going towards, and then it's like, okay, now what? And um, so, by all accounts, our life looks like it would be very good, but we also have struggles as well. And, uh, you know, we want people to know that, because social media, you put out all of your, your best things, your highlights. People see us traveling around the world, everything's great. There's a lot of times on trips we're traveling around the world that I really, I don't feel good about it. Like I feel, it's not, it's not that it's like uh, awful. It's just that, that fear missing out or seeing other people doing things on social media. One of the craziest examples of this is I remember being uh, on our 2018 trip in Southeast Asia and we're having a great time. We're traveling all around. And uh, I remember seeing some people in like Colorado hiking. And I remember thinking like, man, I wish I was in Colorado hiking. It gets to everyone. Like no matter what you're doing, there's someone out there doing something else that you feel like, man, I wish I was doing that. And uh, that's, that's a terrible thing about social media. And obviously there's a lot of positives to it, but there's also a lot of negatives seeing all what everyone else is doing, their life look better, it looks perfect. And uh, so we don't want anyone to think that our life is perfect all the time. And and we're always, you know, have things figured out because we, we don't. Yeah, um, I would say social media is a big problem for us because we have started this online business where we spend more time than your average person on social media and we find ourselves playing the comparison game all the time. And it, it can be a really negative thing. Um, at one point with our social media, I decided to turn off the likes, the like count um to where we don't see how many likes any other accounts get because just that silly little thing comparing ourselves to others and like oh my gosh that other account gets more likes than we get it can make us feel really sad and depressed and i'm like this is the stupidest thing in the world why are we worried about this but it can really get to you um, and obviously comparing yourself to others just in various ways can be a very negative thing yeah and it's crazy because over time as things grow what makes you happy or what uh makes you feel like you're doing well that also grows mm -hmm. and you know back in the beginning it was like oh wow we get 20 likes on this or people comment on it and that makes us feel good and then you know over time it gets more and more and more it never ends like and i also i know that there's people out there with millions of followers that still feel like well why can't i get more likes you know it just it never ends it's like a a weird part about being human is there's always um something else that you're you're going for but that's just that's just one aspect of our lives where we want you guys to know that we don't have it all figured out either. We struggle with that too. But specific to being travelers, um, something that I think that we've struggled with in the past and I know a lot of other travelers struggle with too is feeling disconnected both with the people at your travel location because you're kind of an outsider. You you may, may feel like you don't fit in there. You may feel like you know they just look at you as someone who's just there temporarily. 
while at the same time feeling disconnected from your family and friends back home because you're doing something so different, because you're not there, um, we really struggle with that. We struggle with maintaining relationships back home because we're gone all the time and our life looks very different than that of our family and friends. And so while we're doing cool and fun and exciting things, that feeling of like belonging, sometimes it's hard. We struggle with that. Yeah, that's something when we started traveling, we would have never ever realized that when you're gone for a long period of time, maybe people that travel for a year or two don't, don't ever have it be an issue, but when you're gone for a long period and you're only back home for maybe a month or two a year and you do that for multiple years, you really are disconnected from family and friends and you grow apart. Like you're just not a part of their life as much unless you really make an effort to do it. And that's something we didn't know starting out and we wish we'd done differently. Like uh, we wish we had stayed in better contact with family, friends when we started traveling because it's easy for time to just go by. And I'm sure everyone feels this, um, you know, it's easy for you talk to somebody you think oh yeah i just talked to them recently and it's been six months so you really have to make an effort when you're not around to stay in touch and stay in contact with people yeah so you know we don't have all the answers as we're saying right now like these are some things that we've struggled with too but we just want to talk with you guys and let you know that you're not alone if you're feeling some of these things and we want to go over some different strategies and ideas that we have that maybe you haven't thought about um and we kind of compiled a list so you know, obviously, a lot of the times, just to kind of rehash this, like we talk about all the positive things about being a traveler. There are a lot of positives. <laughs> if this is your first video that you're watching of ours, like go back and listen to the rest of our videos. Like we always talk about how great traveling is. Obviously, you can make more money. You can see different parts of our country. You have a lot more adventure. You can meet new people. You can try out different settings. You can learn from working in different facilities. There's a lot of cool things about being a traveler. Um, you have more flexibility in your schedule and your lifestyle. Um, obviously, via being travel therapists, we've created a really cool lifestyle. We've been to all 50 states now. We've been to over 50 countries in our free time between contracts. We've been to all the national parks. Like Travel therapy can be amazing, but we just want to kind of talk about some of the drawbacks and some of the ways that we know it can make travelers feel lonely in, in a lot of ways. And obviously, we do think that the pros outweigh the cons. Otherwise, we would have stopped traveling a long time ago. But that is not to, you know, sometimes I feel like, and we've also, we've gotten criticism in the past that we don't talk enough about the downsides. And I think that is important because there are some people that you might only hear the good things. You might only see on social media, uh, other travelers having great times and no issues and all that stuff, but there are downsides. So it is important. We have made videos about in the past, but it's important to bring that back up and talk about the downsides so that anyone that's thinking about traveling goes into it with, um, you know, as clear a picture as possible. So specific to mental health, I made a list of some of the downsides that you could encounter. So as I read them off, maybe some of you watching or listening later might resonate with some of these. So one of the downsides could be being away from your family and friends, which also means being away from your usual support systems. You might feel lonely or isolated. You might feel like an outsider with the local staff at your contract. You might have difficulty making new friends. Even though there are opportunities to make new friends, sometimes it's not always easy. Um, you may feel, as I mentioned before, like you're different from your friends and family back home now because you've changed a lot and grown a lot and evolved and you might just feel different than, than the way you used to feel and like you're not part of that same group anymore. Um, this is a big one. Feeling like you should be happy, but you aren't. And so sometimes we encounter that where it's like, gosh, we should be, we should be so happy, right? We've, we've accomplished these goals. We're doing what we set out to do. Why are we not happy? And then you can beat yourself up about not being happy when you feel like you should be happy. Um, and then the other big one with being a traveler is constant disruptions in your routine because you're moving so often. And I don't think that a lot of people recognize how big of an impact um, this can have on you, but not having those regular routines can really mess with um, your mental health. And these are all things, every single one of those things that Wendy listed as things that we've dealt with. Um, and routine, I feel like that is something that, it's almost like no matter what we're doing, we're looking towards the next thing. And I guess everyone's a little bit like that, but I feel like as travelers, it's really easy to be like that. So when you're on assignment, you're like, okay, well, I'll be off this assignment. You're like counting down the days. And then you're off assignment and like you're looking for contracts and you're thinking about the next one. It's like always looking into the future or, you know, you're on assignment, you're thinking about taking an international trip or you're on the international trip and you're thinking about getting back. Like, so it's, uh, 
it's hard to like stay present and realize that you know you need to enjoy the moment you need to enjoy things now you shouldn't be looking towards the future all the time um, but also you have to realize that that's just part of being human you're looking towards the future and uh, you shouldn't beat yourself up also for that for feeling that way so these are some of the things that might you know come into play and affect your mental health while you're a traveler and it could have you feeling down so we want to talk about some different strategies some different ideas of things that you can do to feel more positive to improve your mental health some, the first list here is kind of just some self-help strategies, and this is going to apply to anyone, whether you're a traveler or not, and you're listening. Um, these are just some things that we've learned along the way, and obviously, if you go and listen to any self-help podcast or book or you know advice from others, these are a lot of things they'll mention, and so you might be rolling your eyes like, oh yeah, okay, but I mean, I really do think they do have, do have a big impact. So obviously, a big one is having hobbies and activities that you enjoy outside of work. Um, that's very important, especially if you're a traveler, to try to find things that make you happy, that are fun, that you can do outside of work to bring you joy um, and make you feel at peace. Trying to maintain a routine. Um, as we mentioned, it can be really hard as a traveler to maintain a routine, and I think sometimes it can be easy to be like, well, I'm only here for 13 weeks or, or whatever, and if I don't get a gym membership, it's fine because I'll just be here a short time. But if you're planning on being a traveler for a long time, you have to find ways to keep something consistent in your life that you're gonna stick to because you're gonna always be moving. And so you can't just say, I'll put this off till later. Um, so if exercise or if the time that you wake up every day or if reading or journaling, like whatever in your routine is important to you, try to keep that routine um, throughout your time as a traveler, even if you're moving places. The next thing is exercise, and, and that's something that I, I wrote about back a few years ago talking about struggles after financial independence and stuff. Exercise is like the thing that I've consistently found that makes me feel good. If I think about all the times in my past or even present that I feel better, I don't feel depressed, it's when I'm making progress towards something physical. And I think that that can be easily overlooked and neglected when you're on a travel assignment because, like Whitney said, you get there and you think, well, it's just 13 weeks. I don't go through the hassle of finding a gym or, or whatever kind of exercise you want to do. Um, it's easy to put that off. And we did that for sure. We got in very bad shape our first few years of traveling, gained a lot of weight. We're doing very little activity. And um, that was a major source of uh, just like bad feelings and depression for me. So I think a lot of people underestimate how important physical activity really is. Yeah, and I think this is something that people hear so often, and again, it could be one of those eye-roll things for you. Um, hopefully not if you're a healthcare professional like us. Hopefully you recognize the benefits of exercise, but literally it can create endogenous, in, is that the word, endogenous endorphins, um, yeah. natural endorphins. Um, it can, even though it may be so hard for you to make yourself start to do it if you're feeling down, if you're feeling bad, um, after doing it, you're going to feel so much better. So it can really help you, not just physically, but mentally. We were just talking about this uh, yesterday because we skipped the gym the day before yesterday. We very rarely skip the gym, but we've had a lot going on. So we skipped the gym and uh, we went yesterday and I was like, man, I feel so much better after I go. And it's this weird thing where your mind, it's like uh, the devil's telling you like, if you skip it, it'll be fine. Uh, you, you got too much going on. You should just skip it. But every time you go, you feel better. And it's hard to always keep that front of mind that if I go, when I leave, I'm going to feel better. And uh, whether that's running or lifting or whatever you do, um, you're going to feel better after you do that. Even when you're, that voice in your head saying like, you, you could skip it now. It's not going to be a big deal. It turns into a big deal because skipping one, skipping twice, it turns into a habit and then, and then it's hard to get back into it. So the next one kind of goes hand in hand with the exercise, but it's a healthy diet. And I know that quite often when you're feeling down and you're not feeling good, it's really easy to want to reach for sweets, for you know indulgences, for unhealthy food, for fast food. And we are more guilty of this than anyone. I mean, we've fluctuated plus minus 20, 30 pounds in our travels. Like that's a lot of weight because we eat really unhealthy sometimes. And then we'll go back and try to find a routine of eating healthy again. Um, but it kind of goes back to that if you're if you're treating your body well with good nutritious food and you're feeling better physically, it can really help you to feel better mentally. So of course, you know, indulge every now and then, do what you need to do. But if if in general, if you try to keep that routine with having a healthy diet, it can really improve um, your physical and your mental health. Yeah. The next thing is sleep. This is something that we also neglected early on. Probably also led to weight gain and things. But um, uh, if you can have a 
regular sleep routine, sleep seven to eight hours a night, that makes just such a massive difference in your life. Whitney and I um, are very similar in that when we were younger, we slept very minimally. Like we stayed up late, we um, really did not do what you're supposed to do. And, uh, and we thought at the time, like, well, it's fine. We both operate well, we both do well in school, everything's fine, who cares about sleeping? Um, but it's not until later in life that we started sleeping eight hours a night that we realized like, wow, years and years of our life are, were just like almost in a stupor, but you don't realize it at the time. You can fool yourself into thinking that you're operating at 100% when really you're operating at like 70%. Yeah, so if you can try to get yourself into a better sleep routine, going to bed and waking up at the same time, trying to get at least eight hours, um, again, it goes back to it's going to help you feel better physically and mentally too because you're not going to be as cranky. Um, it can definitely help with your mood um, if you have a good night's rest. A lot of research on that with uh, depression linked to... I did that thing again. <laughs> Thumbs up. Um, uh, depression linked to uh, poor sleep and short sleep and things like that. Yeah. Um, some other suggestions, um, we personally haven't utilized this too much, but journaling, I know that a lot of people say that journaling helps them with their mental health. Sometimes it can be really helpful to just get your thoughts and feelings down on paper. It can be a form of counseling, really. Um, obviously, another one that we're going to talk about is going to be counseling or talking to someone, but for some people, journaling can really help. Um, even though, you know, that could sound silly to you, it might be something you want to try. Yep. Um, also, this is a big one that we still struggle with. I think probably everyone now struggles with it, uh, but less time on social media um, and stopping comparing yourself to other people. Uh, it's, it's really difficult. It's, it's hard for us to stay off of social media. And like I said, you see other people doing things and you think no matter how cool the thing is that you're doing, you could be hiking Mount Everest and you look on social media and you see someone else doing something else. You're like, wow, it'd be nice to be at the beach. It's just like a weird part about social media. And I mean, really, I don't think I've ever gotten off social media being on there scrolling for a while and feel better about myself, right? So probably the less time you can spend on social media, the better. It's not good for anybody to be on there looking at what everyone else is doing and how their life looks amazing and comparing that to you sitting on the couch. Like when you're on there, by definition, you're probably not doing the most exciting thing. You're seeing everyone else doing exciting things. It makes you feel bad about yourself. Yeah, I would highly recommend taking a social media break if you're having um, feeling lonely, feeling depressed. Um, go outside, take a deep breath, go for a walk, um, do anything else, journal, play a game, do a crossword puzzle, read a book, um, whatever it is, but get away from social media because it can be a really negative place, especially if you're already headed down that rabbit hole. Yep. Um, another one would be, would be meditation and deep breathing. Um, again, meditation can be something that's a little bit harder to get into a, a practice of. There are apps and things that can do guided meditations, um, lots of free resources online, YouTube, that sort of thing. That can be really helpful. To be honest, like I never realized until we kind of started researching this a little more on our own, like how much deep breathing can really help you. Like just stopping and taking a deep breath and it can be really calming on your nervous system and improve your mental health. Um, and then the last thing, of course, would be social connections outside of social media, but just trying to maintain those that physical contact with friends and family um, and others, not through social media, but more like actually having a phone call or a face-to-face -face time with someone else. Yeah, and luckily video calls are easier than ever. So uh, I think that really makes a difference versus just you know texting or being on the phone, but actually seeing somebody's face, I think that really helps. So yeah. that is one good thing about um, being hyper-connected, I guess everybody is these days. Yeah, so this is kind of a list of just some general like self-help strategies, some um, lifestyle things that you can employ if you are feeling down. Um, now, of course, if you are feeling depressed, you're having um, more clinical anxiety, clinical depression, it's a little more serious than just kind of having a bad day. We absolutely recommend that you seek out a professional, um, that you you know go to, go to an appointment, seek counseling. Um, if necessary, pursue medication if that is recommended. Don't worry about a stigma of these types of things. Honestly, we feel like so many more people now are pursuing these paths and talking about this. And so you know that you're not alone. So many people are getting counseling, are pursuing medication if they need it for anxiety or depression. Um, don't be afraid to go that route if you're having a more serious problem. Yep. All right, so those are all just some general strategies that obviously can help anyone, but we do want to talk about some more specific strategies that relate to travelers, um, some things that maybe you haven't thought about before. Yeah, and uh, so these are kind of things that we have experimented with, I guess, over the years. Like, obviously, when we started traveling, we worked 
way too much, honestly, our first few years and trying to save a lot of money. And um, I thought that was the right thing to do. It was like work really hard in the beginning, save a lot of money. And yeah, that worked out well, but there was also a lot of negatives that came with that. And like I said, one of those was being that we both got very out of shape. We gained a lot of weight. Um, all we were doing was, you know, I was either at work, working overtime, working part-time or working on the website. That's pretty much all I did back then. And um, some weekend trips, of course, but, uh, but besides that, like day to day on a weekday, there was very little time for, um, for other things. So um, some ways that we have found over the years that can help with that, um, taking more time off. Uh, we talk about that a lot now. And one of the big reasons that we talk about it is because we, ha we made that mistake in the beginning. I think we worked too many hours. We, we kind of burned ourselves out so much that we, you know, we didn't really want to work anymore. After a few years, we were like at the point where I was like, uh, it would be great if we just didn't have to go in the clinic ever again. And I don't think you should get to that point where you feel like you don't want to work at all. I think you should make your life and your work balance enough, you know, obviously work-life balance that you, you feel like refreshed to go back to work when you, when you're, you know, after you finish between contracts, you feel refreshed and ready to go into the next contract, not dreading it. Yeah. So specifically as it relates to workplace stress or burnout, um, as Jared mentioned, taking more time off, one of the ways that you can achieve taking more time off is by saving, um, getting yourself in a good financial position, saving a little bit more each contract is gonna help you to um, be able to afford that extra time off. So take advantage of um, early on, just try to increase your savings rate. So that way you don't feel like you have to work 40 hour weeks, you know, 52 weeks a year or whatever it is. Um, that way you feel comfortable taking that time off. Which basically means spend less because if you're, if you're working less hours, you're making less money and you wanna increase your savings, you have to decrease your expenses. And we talk about this um, between ourselves. I don't know if we've ever talked about this in videos before, but uh, we often see people in our everyday lives, friends, family, um, acquaintances, people on social media. It's like, I think what a lot of people do is they spend so much that they have to work all the time. And then they work all the time that they're depressed and what makes them feel better is spending money. And uh, so you, it's like this loop, like you, you spend a lot, so you have to work a lot, you work a lot, you hate to work, so then you're depressed about you know, having to work all the time. And you know, if you can break out of that cycle, and spend a little bit less, save some more money, create this like gap in your life that uh, allows you to take time off if you need it or makes you just feel like you're not so dependent on your job, I think that can make a big difference. Yep. Um, another thing specific to travelers is we can change jobs quite often. And so if you're feeling really stressed and burnout at a contract, you can make a choice to go into a different type of contract the next time. Um, maybe it's not taking time off completely, but maybe it's trying to find a contract that has an easier caseload or has less um, guaranteed hours or less required hours. You know, of course you, as travelers quite often, you wanna chase those high pay packages, but sometimes you might wanna prioritize different things for your next contract. So if you've been feeling really stressed, it may be good to look for your next contract and prioritize with your recruiter. I want only a facility that has one-on-one -on -one care or that has a lower caseload, or is there a facility out there that would be willing to let me work only 32 weeks or 32 hours a week so that I feel less stressed? So even if that means you're gonna make a little bit less that contract, if you need to prioritize your mental health, that might be something you wanna pursue. Yep, uh, another thing is trying switch settings. This was something, um, we'd been working, traveling pretty much nonstop for a couple years and um, I switched and tried skilled nursing. And, I, and all, although I did not like skilled nursing, just having that difference was really nice. Uh, it, it almost felt like, um, like a vacation from outpatient and being in constant communication and constant small talk with patients and then going to skilled nursing where things are a lot slower. Uh, I think that really made a difference. Even though I didn't really like the setting, just the change was nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that can really help you just, again, changing environments on that next contract, try switching settings. Um, if you just need a mental break or you need something different. Um, also, this is a big one, avoid taking work home with you. Um, this is both physically and mentally. Um, I know sometimes it, it can be hard to leave that emotional, mental baggage behind, um, but definitely try to avoid taking physical, actual paperwork home with you. Um, try to put your foot down and stay firm on that. We really encourage you to avoid working off the clock because that can lead to a lot of stress and just more hours per week that you're thinking about work. And obviously in a worst case scenario, if you're really in a bad situation at your clinic, you can always consider canceling the contract. That should be a last resort. 
But there are definitely situations where like if it's really impacting your mental health and it's a, a bad situation, maybe it's like your coworkers are mean or the patients are mean or management is like, you know, breathing down your neck all the time. There are situations or if they're doing unethical things and you're not comfortable with that, that it weighs on you enough that it's not worth you know, risking your own mental health um, to stay in that contract. So that should, of course, be a last resort, but there are situations where uh, it makes sense to end a contract early. Yeah. The other thing about um, the mental and emotional baggage of work, of course, it can be really difficult to separate yourself from um, how that pertains to patients because you care about your patients. But one thing you can leave behind and try not to take home with you is workplace drama. Um, and coworker drama because it's like, you know what, you're only going to be there for a few months. You really need to stop involving yourself with that and getting so stressed out about it. That's the reason that you're a traveler so that you don't have to deal with those things. So if you find yourself getting looped into the workplace drama, everybody hates the manager, da, 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 it can be a really negative environment. So try to remove yourself from that if you can. Yep. All right. So that's a little bit about um, strategies as far as workplace stress and burnout. The next um, set of strategies we want to talk about as far as um, being a traveler are maintaining your relationships back home and how that affects your mental health. And like I said, this is something that we did not do a good job in the beginning and we wish we had done better um, because time goes by and um, you don't realize how, how much things have changed if you don't stay in contact with friends. And I, of course, like I'm thinking about the friend that I lost and wishing that I had stayed in better contact and um, followed up more with him. and. I wish now, thinking back, like it's crazy to not have had regular phone calls and things like that because when you're on assignment, of course you make friends, you meet people there, you're doing exciting things, but the, that's just like temporary. Unless you're gonna move to that area full time, you leave there and chances are you'll probably never talk to those people again. Or if you do, it's just like very superficially. And that's how pretty much every one of our contracts has been. Whereas the people back home, if you eventually go back there, obviously family, those are the constants in your life. Those are the ones that you kind of need to maintain those relationships with. And it, but it's easy to forget that when you're, when you're away and you just think, you know, when I go back, everything's going to be the same. And sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Things change. So uh, it's good to have weekly check-ins with friends and family back home, bi-weekly, whenever you have time, um, but just maintaining those relationships. Yeah, I think... A lot of us, you know, we're in our 30s now. Um, probably most of you watching this are in your mid 20s to, you know, 30s, 40s, or, or even older. And a lot of you now, you know, now that we're adults, you've realized that maintaining adult relationships can be hard. It's not the same as when you were all in school together, your high school friends, your college friends, you, you had roommates, um, your classmates in PT school or OT school or whatever. Like, it was easy then to maintain those relationships because you saw those people all the time. So this is not unique to being a traveler that it's hard to maintain adult friendships. Um, I know, you know, I have a couple of really good friends that I make a good effort to see when I'm at home. And even the two of them that I'm very good friends with, the three of us will try to get together when I'm home. But even the two of them that live here and live like 15 minutes apart from each other tell me that they hardly see each other because they have kids and they have their own lives and everything. So I think that maintaining adult relationships and friendships um, requires a very conscious effort to be the one to send the text, to be the one to schedule the phone call or the video chat. And even more so when you're away as a traveler, you might have to be the one to reach out and don't be afraid to because probably your friends are just really busy in their day-to-day -day life and they're gonna be super excited to hear from you even if they didn't think to do it first. Yep. Um, so I would just try to like schedule in a way, you know, like monthly or weekly check-ins with people, um, FaceTime your, your mom or dad, once a week, FaceTime your, your good friends once a month. Um, really just try to maintain those relationships because it is very important. Um, yeah. Another way that you can maintain those relationships is um, taking time off for holidays or for special events. And again, this is something that I think me in particular, I really messed up on early is we missed weddings, we missed, I missed a couple bachelor parties. And for me, a lot of that was not wanting to take time off work, not wanting to miss the income that I could make. And now looking back, I'm like, that was really dumb. Like those were opportunities to have um, lifelong memories that you know I might have passed up for making extra three or six hundred dollars. Like now looking back, like it's missing the forest for the trees, you know. Um, so I think there are a lot of situations where it makes a lot more sense to take some time off, go home, be there for those things, or go wherever the thing is. And, uh, and appreciate that time instead of just being so focused on working, saving, um, 
those those types of things. Yeah, and so as a traveler, this might look like scheduling time off between contracts if you know in advance something is coming up, um, trying to plan to take a week off between contracts, or it might look like if you know in advance like a wedding or a special birthday or some kind of special event is coming up. Could just be a long weekend, but you always wanna try to work those into your contracts. Um, typically, if it's something you know about in advance, we recommend asking for those days off when you book the contract. Um, there are other times though where we have heard some other travelers ask for something more vague to be put in their contract where they say like, um, I'll get you know three or four approved days off to be determined at a later time. That way in case something pops up or you just randomly have something come up, you have the opportunity to go home for that sort of thing. Um, there's different strategies you can use there, but definitely try to schedule yourself some time off to go back home and maintain those relationships. You could also take contracts closer to home. And this is something that we actually did do well in the beginning and throughout our travel careers. Um, we took a lot of our contracts within driving distance of home. And there's a lot of reasons for that. One was to maintain our tax home more easily. We could go home for weekends and things like that. But also just being at home, like being able four hours away to drive home and spend a weekend or spend the holidays or things like that can make a huge difference. And and we really don't know what it's like to travel individually. We've always traveled together. And But I do know that even us traveling together, there's been like times where we missed the holidays being too far away that I, I felt lonely. You know, even having Whitney there and having our coworkers and all the people at the assignment. So I can only imagine what it's like for single travelers being across the country, missing holidays and things like that. So I think it is a good idea to take assignments sometimes closer to people that you know, that you can spend time with, um, and sometimes you can forget how important that is. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to like the thing of if you need to you need a mental break, but you don't want to take off a whole week or whatever, take a contract with less hours or le less caseload. Well, if you need a break and you need to be closer to home, instead of taking off a whole week or whatever, if you just take a contract within driving distance to home, you know, an hour or two or three hours, well, then you could be going home every weekend and seeing your friends um, and going home quite often without actually having to take the time off from work um, from a financial perspective. So that's a really good strategy. Yep. So something else that can help with depression, you know, being away from family and friends is making friends and doing things while on assignment. I think most travelers are, are pretty good at like going out and doing things like outdoor things, hiking, doing stuff like that. But it's not always easy to make friends at the place that you're at. And it depends on the type of person you are. I know Whitney would have a much easier time on a contract if we were single travelers meeting people and doing stuff outside of work than I would. I would be way more inclined to just like go home and stay by myself. Um, but there's a lot of ways that you can meet people locally that uh, can make you feel more included, make you feel more part of the community instead of just being like, I'm an outsider here for three months and then I'll leave. Yeah. Ironically, um, one of the best friends that we ever made on a contract just commented on the video. Hi, Rachel. Um, so Rachel was one of my coworkers. So the first way that you can try to make friends locally when you're on contract is coworkers. Obviously, that would be the easiest way to make friends. It doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes coworkers are you know you guys just aren't compatible as friends or they are really busy and they don't want to hang out outside of work so it doesn't always work out but hopefully sometimes you can make some lifelong friends like we did with rachel and her husband yeah and we actually did spend a christmas at their house uh we were we were outside of driving distance to go back home we spent the christmas at their house and uh that was great that was, that was really good for us to be away from home but still feel like we're included in part of their celebrations yeah so try to make friends with coworkers. Um, you can also try to find other travelers in the area. Um, there is, if you haven't heard of it, there's something called the MedVenture app. Um, we're big fans of this app. A couple of travel nurses created it. It's kind of like a, almost like a dating app for friends, um, for, for travelers. So download the MedVenture app, see if there's any other travel therapists or travel nurses or travel healthcare professionals in your area. You can also find um, other travelers on Facebook and just see if anyone's in your area. For some of the bigger cities, they'll have like a group chat um, and you can find out if you meet another traveler, maybe they're already in the group chat and they can add you. I've heard of this for places like Seattle or um, Los Angeles or places like that that are more well known. There's also local groups you can join like exercise classes or uh, run clubs. I know a lot of travelers are into that. You go to a new area and you join the run club and you meet a lot of people that way. Um, things like climbing gyms, um, regular gyms, you can meet a lot of people in those types of situations. Uh, so getting involved in something physical or something, uh, some sort of group or club like that in the area can really help. Yeah, other hobbies like book club or that sort of thing if, it's, if you're not into exercise clubs. 
Um, lots of ways you can get involved. Volunteering can also really help because you might meet other people from the community that are there to volunteer as well. Um, if you're religious, you might consider getting involved in um, a religious organization, a church, that kind of thing. Um, locally, that can really bring you a lot of peace and a lot of community um, in talking to other people. And it's funny because like, when you think about things like religious groups or volunteer groups or things like that, even if they're not somebody that you would initially think of as like your peer, like the same age as you or whatever, it can just be really great to be part of the community. Even if you're hanging out with older people or younger people or whatever, um, it can really make you feel included and involved. Um, even if it's a diverse group of people that maybe they're not the type of people you would like go get a drink with, but maybe they're the type of people that on a Saturday you guys are all volunteering together and it makes you feel really happy. For those types of clubs and things or volunteer or anything like that, one of the things we really like about traveling is that almost always the people in this community want to share their community with you. And you can get great ideas, whatever you're into, like say you're into um, car shows or you're into hiking or whatever it is, you can ask coworkers and patients and almost always they're going to be excited to tell you about things going on in the community there because you know it's their home and they want you to like it like they like it. So. Uh, if you're in a situation where you're something that you're really interested in, talk to patients about it, talk to coworkers about it, and I, I can pretty much guarantee that you'll get some recommendations for things that you can do. Um, there are some other apps out there in addition to like the Adventure app. Um, some people you know, are into the dating apps, but they also have friendship apps. Um, I can't remember what they're called, but there's like a Bumble friend, I think maybe, where it's not you know, looking for anything romantic, just looking for a friend. Um, I think there's something called like the Meetup app. Um, where people can plan meetups. So take advantage of some of those things, um, some good parts of the internet and social media out there. Another thing, we, uh, we just got a question about this today, and we get questions about this pretty often. I don't know if we've really, I think we've talked about it, hinted about it, or you know, discussed it in videos, but not a uh, dedicated video. Um, and one thing you can do is take longer contracts in an area. Um, six months, nine months, if you can stay in an area for longer, you can feel more like you're part of the community than if you're just in you know, four different places throughout the year, three months, three months, three months, three months. If you can stay nine months in an area, you really feel like you're making connections and meeting friends that you might have for a long time versus, you know, it's very hard to do that in just three months. And by the time you figure out, find the people and all that, it might only be two months if it's a regular contract. So um, staying somewhere longer can really help. And we recommend that. It depends, it depends on your reason for traveling. There's some people that travel just to see certain areas of the country and then settle down. Okay, then it doesn't make sense to stay for a long time. But if your goal with traveling is to just make more money, save money, then staying in one place for longer makes a lot of sense because you make better connections. You also don't have to move as often, which is a big, big um, hassle and can be a, uh, a difficult part of travel is packing all your stuff, moving to a new location. And then of course, along with that moving is extra costs, missed work, so staying in one place can make a lot of sense depending on what your goals are. Yeah, it can also really help you with that thing we talked about with having trouble maintaining a routine. If you know you're gonna be somewhere for a whole six months or a whole nine months, you might be more inclined to get involved in a club and get involved in some kind of exercise program or whatever that type of routine looks like. It's just gonna make it easier for you because you know you're gonna be stationary for a bit longer. Um, so that can work really well, especially for folks that are having um, trouble. We know some people that take school contracts which are usually nine or 10 months. Um, and I think that really helps them with feeling more a part of the community and feeling a little more settled and a little less like all over the place. So something else you might consider, we, when people ask us about like feeling lonely or feeling depressed, it's often single travelers. And like I said, I don't even know if I'd be able to travel as a single traveler, to be honest. I, I don't really have the personality for it. Um, I feel like traveling with Whitney has been great, um, but I don't know how long I would have stuck with it if I was a single traveler, because I feel like it would be difficult. Um, so thinking about things like finding a travel buddy to travel with, we know obviously there's a ton of couples out there like us that travel together, but we also know a lot of people that found a friend to travel with another therapist or even a remote, a friend that can work remote that would travel with them. And that can help because rarely are you going to feel as lonely or as isolated if you're traveling with someone versus if you're traveling by yourself. Yeah, it really helps if you already know someone who's like, say, of your same profession, like say you have a, a coworker or a classmate who also would like to travel and you guys decide to travel as a pair. Obviously, if you have a partner, um, if you're in a relationship and your partner can travel with you, that helps a lot. But we do know people that have met others like while on assignment or even linked up via one of these apps or, or a Facebook group or something like that and decided to take some travel contracts together um, to have a roommate, to have a buddy. 
Um, so it definitely happens. We've, we've also met people that found a relationship while they were traveling and that person ended up traveling with them. Um, obviously that's a little bit harder sometimes, you know, it, it would have to be all the right circumstances. Um, but it is possible. We've also talked to some people that decided to do shared housing. So even if it was just for the length of that assignment, they um, found a housing situation where it was living in someone's home with them. And so you basically have a roommate and then that can provide you a sense of connection um, on assignment. So that can be really helpful. Um, even though I think a lot of times as adults, we think like it would be really helpful. It'd be really nice to have um, our own private housing, but in terms of like social connection and feeling included, it can be really nice to have a roommate sometimes. Yep. Um, one other thing you might consider, a lot of travelers do this, especially single travelers, is getting a pet to travel with. And we've talked to before, we've got videos and articles about, it's a little difficult to find housing with pets in some situations, but pets can be really helpful in terms of not feeling lonely and feeling like you have somebody there, um, a sense of companionship. Yeah. So that can be something that really helps. And I think that's why a lot of travelers end up eventually, single travelers, a lot of them end up getting a pet or they travel with their pet because it makes you feel like you're traveling with someone um, so you don't feel lonely yeah. or as, as lonely, I would say. And we definitely don't want to make it sound like, you know, you're, you're going to be lonely if you're a solo traveler. It really depends on your personality. It depends on a lot of factors. We know tons of solo travelers that have a great experience, that love it. Um, but we're just talking, you know, toward if you are having these feelings, if you do encounter these situations, these are some strategies you can employ. But some solo travelers don't have these problems at all. Maybe they're super extroverted and they love to meet new people on assignment and they don't feel lonely at all. Or maybe they're super introverted and they're totally happy with their alone time and they don't have these problems that we're talking about. So it's not a given that yeah. you're gonna be lonely, that you're gonna be depressed being a solo traveler, but if you are feeling that way, we just wanna offer some strategies and some suggestions. Yeah, I don't know if we've got some questions and comments, we'll get to those at the end. If you guys have any other questions or comments or you know, uh, your own personal experiences for any travelers in here, leave those in the comments and we'll read them um, at the end. We're coming up on the end. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Um, if you want to hit the thumbs up button, if you have gained anything from this, it might help more people to see it. Also, if you have a friend that you think would benefit from this information, please share it with them or tag them. Um, you know, we just we want to offer some help and assistance and um, some insights to those of you that this information may help. Um, so those are all the different things that we wanted to talk about in terms of general self-help strategies, general lifestyle changes you can make that help um, specific strategies for travelers as it relates to workplace stress, burnout, maintaining your relationships back home, making friends locally on assignment, um, and that sort of thing. But we can't emphasize enough that if you are having trouble, we highly recommend that you seek help. Don't keep it bottled up. Um, our friend Nick that has commented here on the video and shared some of his experiences, this was his big takeaway in having recently come out of kind of a depressive episode. He was saying, you know, it, it's really tempting to just he called it like the darkness to just let it overwhelm you and to not want to speak out about it. But you really should, you really should not keep it bottled up. You should seek out help. Um, I think a lot of times when you're feeling sad or you're feeling a certain way, you can create this narrative in your head and maybe you start feeling like nobody cares and nobody wants to hear from you and nobody wants your negativity. Trust me, they care. They want to hear from you. Um, please reach out to somebody. They really want to hear from you you know, we want to hear from you. Please reach out to us, reach out to a family member or a friend or a counselor, a professional if you need if you need help. I think this is a, a big issue with guys, especially not wanting to feel like you're burdening other people. I know I felt like that my whole life. Um, and like anytime I feel bad, I feel like no one wants to hear it. Like no one wants to hear me complain. No one, I would rather just suffer through it. And, uh, but I think that is a, it's a really bad idea because, um, you can go into some really dark places that way. So reaching out to someone and talking about it can really make a difference. And just hearing that someone cares um, really makes a difference. So reach out to family and friends, uh, people you know online. I mean, there's so many different people that, that care about you. And uh, uh, if you reach out to them, it, it's easy to, to convince yourself that no one cares when a lot of people care about you. Yeah. Um, something I think that was really great that kind of came, the first I heard about it was like kind of around COVID was counseling apps. Um, so it's easier than ever to talk to somebody if, you know, I've never been to a counselor personally and I have gone through phases where I was struggling with anxiety and sadness and 
to me, it was such a barrier to even think about like, who would you even call? I didn't even know who you would even call or like where you would go. I, I didn't know anything about like finding a counselor. And now knowing that like, it's just at the touch of, of your finger, like you can find it online. There's apps for it. Um, it's so easy. It can kind of decrease that barrier for you to find someone to talk to. I know obviously all, you know, you've seen things back in the day on the TV of like a helpline, but now I know there's apps for this. Um, also a lot of times with your health insurance, um, if you have telehealth as an option, then they can also do counseling via telehealth on your insurance. So um, don't hesitate to use those resources. If, if you are hesitant with like the stigma to like make an appointment or talk to a friend, um, go online. That's, that's a really low barrier way to find somebody to talk to. Yep. Um, and then as I mentioned before, just as in regards to reaching out to a friend or family, maybe you haven't heard from them in a while and you think that's why they don't want to talk to you or they don't care about you, but we all just, life gets busy. And so I guarantee if you reach out to somebody you haven't talked to in a while, they're going to want to hear from you and they're going to want to talk to you. And then they're going to feel silly for not having reached out sooner because their life probably just got busy. Um, but it wasn't that they didn't want to talk to you. Um, one last thing that, um, in fact, Nick actually brought up and he was saying is, unfortunately, sometimes if you've found yourself in a bad headspace, um, sometimes it'll cause you to lash out at people. Um, and we know that this happened with our friend too. Um, it can cause you to say some things you don't mean. It can cause you to have a bad relationship, um, burn some bridges with family or friends. And I know that can feel really hard to come back from, but... I think in most circumstances, if you can find the courage to reach back out to them and apologize and just let them know that like, that was the depression talking, that was the anxiety talking, that was the anger talking that like, that you really do still care about them. I think that there's an opportunity to make amends and that you should try. Yep. And last thing is, you know, there are situations where maybe you're, you're just stuck in a rut. Uh, you feel like lonely, you feel isolated maybe take some time off of travel. Go back home, take a permanent job for a little while, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and maybe you go back to travel, maybe you don't. Maybe you decide, you know, being at home, being in a permanent job is better. And we, we definitely know a lot of travelers that have been in that situation um, where they're traveling, they feel a little depressed, they feel alone, they go back home and they're like, all right, this was better for me, I'm glad I did that. Um, but now, you know, this is good for me at this part of my life. So life changes, your situation, your circumstances change. So you know, at the, the end of traveling comes for all of us at some point. Uh, maybe uh, if you're feeling very depressed or lonely, maybe being back at home or being around friends and family is, is better for you at this time. Yeah, do what's right for you at that time. Even if you're like, oh my gosh, I said I was going to travel for this number of years and I set sail across the country. If it's not working for you, don't be afraid to say, you know, I need a break from this. I need to just go back home. I need to go back to my job. Um, maybe there will be a better time in life where it does work for you, or maybe you just decide it's not right for you. Um, we have another travel friend who, like um, Nikki, she had reached out to us a while back. She really wanted to get into travel therapy. She thought it was going to be so cool and so fun, and she wanted to make more money, and she wanted to use it to achieve financial independence like us, but she found that she just really didn't like it the way that she thought she would. She felt lonely. She wanted to be back home with her with her boyfriend at the time, who's now her husband, and um, she was like, you know what, there's other ways I can make more money at home. And now she's pursuing a side hustle, a different career um, outside of her PT career. And that's what she found worked well for her. And, and that's just one example where it was like, you know what, maybe just traveling isn't for everybody, you know. So don't be afraid to um, do what's right for you at the time. Yep. So like Whitney mentioned, there's a lot of different resources. Um, there's podcasts, there's books, there's tons of self-help books and podcasts out there. Um, just depending on who you are, what you resonate with. You can try a bunch of different things, see what works for you. There's a bunch of different apps, meditation apps that can really be helpful. Um, also online counseling for travelers. Anything online is obviously a lot easier to, to deal with and get some sort of consistency versus trying to find a counselor or something in person. Um, but sometimes that also doesn't work out. Maybe you do need in-person counseling and you can just switch as you go and uh, that can also work. Yeah, just a couple of the apps that I had kind of looked up that um, had some name recognition for me were Headspace and Calm. Um, there's also BetterHelp and Talkspace. I'm sure there's tons of other ones out there. If you just Google it, you'll find all kinds of stuff. Um, also, when I was looking up this topic, I had remembered that our friends at MedVenture, the, the one that have the travel therapist or the travel um, healthcare app, they also have a blog. And I remembered at one point they had written a blog about mental health. So I went on their, their website at MedVenture app 
Medventureapp.com, I guess. Let me look it up. Um, Medventureapp. What's their website? Medventureapp.com. And they have a blog too. And they actually had several um, great articles from different travel nurses and travel healthcare providers about mental health strategies specific to travel healthcare providers. Um, we're also gonna have one of our friends, Morgan, she offered to write a guest post on this topic as well. So keep an eye out for that in the coming months. But if you wanna go on MedVentures website and just search, there were a lot of really helpful strategies um, from other healthcare professionals on there. So. All right, so um, we'd love to go through some of your comments and questions. If anybody has any questions, feel free to put them down in the comments and we will talk about it. Um, also, if you guys have any feedback, if you have any suggestions for other travelers that you want to share, um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Nick says, if anyone here watching now or later on the recording feels the need to reach out to someone, I'm here for you. You don't need to hide who you are from me. Uh, you can show me who you really are. Thanks, Nick, that's really nice. And I chatted with Nick earlier and told him the same thing, that he can always reach out to us and hope he's doing well too. Jonathan, hi Jonathan. Thank you guys for speaking on this. It's so important to hear. We appreciate that. He also says avoid taking work home. Yes. Um, Nick says, I reached out to my aunt a year after my cousin committed suicide. I told her that I loved her and how I missed him every day. I thought it would be one of the hardest things ever to do, but it turned out to be easier than I thought it would be. Repression is not the answer. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great, great feedback there, Nick, and I'm glad that you did that. Um, Jonathan says, maintain those relationships. You will never regret it. For sure. Hey, Owen. Owen says, cool topic tonight. Thanks, Owen. And then our friend Rachel, who was commenting about spending Christmas at her house one year, which was super helpful. We had a little home away from home because we couldn't go home for Christmas that year. She also mentioned that the way that we became friends is she loaned us her car on the very first week of meeting. Um, our truck broke down and my coworker who had just met Rachel loaned us her car and it was extremely appreciated. Um, she actually amazing. loaned us her car a few times. I believe. <laughs> we appreciate it, Rachel. Kaylee, one of our favorite recruiters, she says, such a great topic that is not addressed enough. Thanks, Kaylee. Uh, Nick said, I challenge myself to reach out to people and initiate the first conversation. It's failed a lot of times, but I've also gotten a few uh, lifetime friends from it. Yeah, um, it's easy. I, I definitely am in the same, same boat of, you haven't talked to somebody for a while and you just feel like it's weird now if you reach out to them. But like Whitney said, a lot of times they also feel like life's busy, they would love to catch up, but they just don't think about it. And if you reach out first and they say like, oh wow, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I think that's really underrated. Cause to be honest, I think that like, as adults, we're all just busy with our own stuff and a week, a month, a year can just fly by and you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't talked to that person in so long. Um, but you're not gonna feel weird if they reach out, you're gonna be happy and excited. Um, so I think that it's really important that we do that do that more. Yeah, and just think about, put yourself in their shoes. Like think about if you had a friend that you hadn't heard from from a couple years, reach out to you and want to reconnect. Probably you would love to hear that, right? And that's how most people also feel about you. It's just this weird thing where you, or at least me, I always feel like um, it's like a burden or it's out of the blue and they're gonna be like, wow, what is this weird guy contacting me? But if someone did that to me, I wouldn't feel that way. So I know that's probably not how they feel, but it's just, um, some weird thing that you have where you think that you're bothering people. Yeah, um, talking about books and podcasts and resources, I know there's just got to be so many out there, but a book that we both just finished reading um, was called Outlive, and it's by a physician um, named Peter Atia. and the book is about longevity <clears throat> and about physical health. For 90% of it is about physical health, but um, the last chapter is actually about mental and emotional health, and it just so happened that I hadn't read the last chapter. I was listening to the audiobook actually, and I just finished it yesterday or the day before. Um, and it was kind of really pertinent because I was like, oh my gosh, I put this down for like two weeks and forgot about it. And then in the meantime, one of our friends passed away and it, and I don't know, I just thought it was really pertinent that that came up at that time. So that was a really great book. And of course, only the one chapter is about mental health, but he was talking in there a lot about, um, internal self-talk and it reminded me what you just said is like sometimes we talk really negatively to ourselves if we're in a bad place and it's like would you say those types of things to a friend no you wouldn't so why would you say them to yourself internally so 
anyway, that was a really good book. Um, I know there's tons of others out there, but um, yeah, good message there. So, yep. All right. I think that's it. Um, it was weird doing this video because the friend that we lost, he would often tune into our videos. He was always a supporter. He would comment pretty often. If you guys saw like crazy comments or people asking or somebody asking about CEUs, um, he would he would just always say things like that and. Um, I think he was always just trying to hype us up because he knew that we have a promo code for MedBridge yeah. and he would always try to like give us a little plug. He would say like, hey, I'm trying to get my CEUs. He wasn't even a therapist. He was just trying to like give us an opportunity for a plug. It was silly, but he would do it all the time. And actually the last time that we interacted with him, we were sitting right here. It was two or three weeks ago when we did our last video and that was the last time he ever tuned in and commented. And unfortunately, we, we never spoke to him again. Yeah, so um, reach out to those people. Uh, you never know what they're going through. Um, it could all just be, you know, uh, maybe they're an upbeat person that's making jokes all the time, but you never know what they're going through. Yeah, and I definitely think that was a hard thing about our friend is like he was always trying to kind of cover it up with being comedic and being funny, and I think he was he was going through a lot. But um, just want to dedicate this to our friend Ryan. And um, again, if any of you guys are having trouble, please reach out to somebody. We're here for you if you want to talk to us or send us a message, um, and we wish you the best. Yep. So, happy holidays, everybody, and happy 2023. The next time we will see you is we are going to do our end of the year giveaways um, probably on Saturday the 30th. So, um, tune in for that and um, keep an eye out. Yep. And we'll talk to you guys later. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye.